Why do so many teachers and leaders dread the evaluation process? Find out. A new episode of The Wheelhouse begins right now. We're back. Welcome to Season 6 of The Wheelhouse. I'm your host, Dr. Grant Chandler, founder and CEO of Students Matter. In Season 6, I am once again delighted to host a roundtable discussion with two of my favorite leaders in education, two of my favorite humans, Penny Brockway and Catherine Money. We are focused on one of the foundational components of our framework, accomplishment-driven leadership. In season three, I explored the five arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, how to plot a growth trajectory, and then how to use those arenas to do what matters most, serve our students by growing our people. In season four, when we began the roundtable and Kathy and Penny joined me, we continued exploring ADL, thinking about the paradigm shifts we need to make on our journey to become accomplishment-driven leaders. In our last season, season five, we explored this new destination, how to talk about it, how to think about it, and how to bring your team with you as you depart on this journey. And now we've arrived at season six, we're going to use our thinking as accomplishment-driven leaders to tear apart one of the most damaging aspects of the status quo, looking at everything, doing everything through a deficit lens. In fact, it's so destructive, I think it's driving people in droves to go find a new line of work. Together, let's tear it apart, learn to think through the great work we must all do, but shift it away from deficit thinking. What does that look like? Stay tuned. Join us and take a listen. At Students Matter, we believe it's our priority as educators to prove to each student and each educator that they are distinctive and irreplaceable. Together, let's continue to step up to this incredibly important challenge and add additional tools and skills right into our wheelhouse. Good morning and welcome to the wheelhouse. Good morning. Good morning, friends. It is it is once again recording day. We're hidden away somewhere, and it's still dark, dark, dark. Um, but this is a perfect way to start. It feels like light has entered my world because you two are right here, and I get to see you. Oh, my heart feels so warm right now. You're so sweet. Isn't that fun? <laughs> It's so true too. I say that I say that with a smile on my face, you know, but it's it's absolutely true. It's it's sincere and the feel the feeling is mutual. This is I don't I don't even hesitate to say yes if we need to record even earlier because it means I get to be in the same space with two of my most favorite people. And we are earlier this morning, folks. So Amen. Thank <laughs> well, we you. will yeah. see if something coherent comes out of this conversation <laughs> that we could actually publish, right? Because most people are still sleeping. sleeping. You get our <laughs> yes. best. What can we say? That's right. Oh, it's good to be with you. It is true, though, that all three of us are like early morning people, right? If we were doing this at 11 o'clock at night, I would struggle to even mention my name, you know? 
if we were doing it at eight o'clock at night, I would struggle. <laughs> I wasn't yes. going to say that, Kathy, but y- you know, um, it's okay. I know, I know it's some okay. people we can put it out there. I know some people like to, you know, call it a day um, earlier than others. Mm-hmm. I'm not yes, far behind. I'm Kathy. one of those people. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have a so, witching hour. It's real. And you, you just don't. Just don't engage. Mm-hmm. I don't engage. You don't want to try and engage. It's so my good. question, my question is always: Does the witching hour come before dinner or after? <laughs> after dinner. Okay. Typically yeah. after. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. Pleasant. I like to have a full belly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. At yeah. my house, for for some people that I live with, the witching hour is <laughs> immediately after dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would probably be me. I mean, uh, I kind of yeah. Yeah. end up. Yeah. 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 I'm. I'm. I'm right there. With yeah. you. It's all good. It's totally fun. Anyway, hey, so last week we we really started to talk about some of these things that we we do um from a, a deficit lens, you know, and the deficit moving away from the deficit is obviously our theme for for um for season six. So, you know, I, I want to go there. I want to talk about evaluation and specifically I want to talk about teacher uh evaluation because it is so I'm just going to say first, here's the caveat. Nobody who wrote an evaluation model mm. subscribes to the deficit lens. So I'm I'm not attacking the people that wrote these models that are out there. There are some, there's some really good work that, that is out there and they wrote it. To, they, they wrote them to be helpful. They wrote them because they think they could be used to not use, to not, you know, be a part of the deficit, right. of the deficit way of going. But unfortunately, that's not how we use them, right? Probably much to their chagrin too. If we were to invite one of them to be here, they would go, oh, that's not what I wanted. Right? It's not what I intended, right? When, when, when I wrote that. So this is not a slam, you know, on any of those models per se. It's the way we go about this whole process. So I'm just going to do a, a a really quick brain dump. We're going to spend a little bit of time on the negative, right? And then we're going to move away from the deficit and say, okay, so what, okay, Grant, what do you want? What do you think we should do in result of that? So here's my big, here's my big, if I'm going to rip it apart, here's what I'm going to say. And then certainly Kathy and Penny will jump right in, right? First, it is often done from a judgmental lens, right? We go in because we we're there to judge. We go in, you know, in many cases and I get again, you know, as we talk about this, there are there are, you know, there are, there's legislation in 50 states which mandate how evaluation is done. So people do this based on legislation. They do it to comply with what they're supposed to do, but in a lot of places, you know, it's it's two visits. You know, it's it's doing one in the in the fall and one in the spring, and you go in, you know, with this big long checklist of everything that you're supposed to see, and you're looking for the things that you don't see, and you're gonna make a comment about that, right? And you're gonna document that, and you're gonna tell those those darn teachers that that's what you expect to see the next time you go in there, right? Which is six months from now, probably four to six months from now, and then we wonder. We scratch our heads and wonder why teachers 
think that we administrators are out to get them and don't understand what they do. Well, part of the reason we don't understand what they do is we're not in there enough to even have a, an inkling of an idea. So I, I'm just going to throw it out there that everything that we do around teacher evaluation, I believe, and it's my show, is fundamentally wrong. And and then there's silence. And then yeah, there's I silence. Fun, yeah. I, I will edit that silence out, let me tell you, right? Because I would it's gonna sound like they immediately jumped in. <laughs> yeah. Oh sweet. Um yeah, I mean I completely agree with with that, with your opinion, because I I just have had so many experiences with educators that I've had to help through that judgment that they've previously received and seeing evaluation as this really negative uh yuck i mean that's that's the best word i can i can put in there at this at this early hour because it's they're they're bringing in the all of these barriers i mean i'm thinking about one educator in particular that it was it was very I, I have to come in and I have to make excuses and I have to defend myself and I have to do this and we got to play this numbers game and all. And I just like, that's not how I, I operate because it's not, it's not taking the human factor into, into account and, in trying to undo or repair, I guess is even a better word, the past experiences that educators have had with coming at evaluation through this deficit lens. It's yeah. damaging. It's damaging to educators. One thing that keeps running through my mind this morning that, yes, I've thought about before, but I didn't think about coming into the conversation is the sheer magnitude of the of the tools, right? And I agree, there are so many useful pieces inside of some of those tools, the ones I've experienced, because wow, to come up with language to help teachers understand one of those little tiny rubric points that we could spend the entire year growing toward. And to use that language and help them see it on that rubric is so helpful because they can see where they are and they can name why they're there. And that's one line of, I don't know, how many sections slash domains are there inside of each of those five, six in each one of them? And then inside that, how many rubric lines? The sheer magnitude. And so then you put that in front of somebody and say, go forth and grow and change and become what this says, right? It, it, nobody can, nobody can focus on, nor would you want anyone to focus on all of those, all of those individual lines, right? And I get that they're in domains because I mean, I get it. I get it. And gotchas ruin ruin, ruin, ruin trust. And you can't live that way. Um, you can't live under that kind of microscope that really isn't even defining, right? Like, I don't know which hoop to jump through today. Is it line five or 10, right? I don't, what are you looking for today? Because I can focus on one thing at a time. It removes the sense of a a teacher, one human looking at other humans that we're responsible for. I don't, I don't, I don't have time and I don't dare take an honest look at the needs of each of the students that I'm entrusted with because I've got to score a certain score in in all of these areas, just like you just described, Penny, and then that the humanness is is gone. 
mm-hmm. going to come in because, you know, hey, it's it's November and I have to do I have to do my evaluation and I've got 90 of you. And so, you know, you you landed on November 23rd and I'm going to come in and I'm going to sit there for 30 minutes because that's what's required in the, you know, maybe and depending on your state, what's required in the legislation. And at the end of 30 minutes, 30 minutes, <laughs> I'm going to start putting numbers next to things in terms of how you perform, right? And then, and then of course, many, many states have have required that student performance, student learning also factors in. So now if I have, if you've given me a weak student, which I should embrace, right? Because that's my job as a teacher. They're now public enemy number one. Yep. Because that person is going to negatively impact my evaluation, right? And then in some states, they've changed laws around reduction of force, which should be an it should be a non-issue, right? There is no such thing as reduction in force when we can't find teachers, right? So I mean, they, but people still worry about that. I mean, they still worry about it. So you know, in short, in short, we approach everything around this particular, you know, and and I know there are some people that do it well. You know, I would like to say I was one of those that tried hard to do it well. But when you're working within the confines of a system that is a deficit model, it's really difficult to do. So we've bashed it, you know, for long enough. Let's now think about, you know, what, you know, let's turn that, turn that tide a little bit. And so what I think is important, and again, it's just me, but what I think is important is, and this seems to be an element that's missing in our teacher ranks, not because of them, but because of all of these other things that are coming at them. But one of the things that's missing is the ability to be self-reflective, the ability to, to honestly, honestly being able to differentiate when I'm doing something well and when I'm not doing something well, or when this is working for my group of students, and when this isn't working for my group of students, and that, you know, I should be on a I should be on a path of continuous learning, of continuous growth. And in my opinion, that is what we should be honoring and measuring, right? The degree to which, I am always on a path of learning and growth and open, honest reflection and getting better and growing and growing as a, as a teacher, growing my students, helping grow colleagues because I'm, I'm collaborating. Those are the things, in my opinion, that are going to take us far further in the profession. And that's what we should be highlighting. I mean, if you think about all those things that, that your know, teachers do, to me, that's the most important thing that we would want them all to do. And it's the one thing that they struggle with. So, you know, why wouldn't we create a system that's not just about putting numbers on a checklist, but that really honors values and supports this growth mindset? That is the world according to Grant. I'm not your evaluator. I'm I'm in that coaching role. So I'm I'm here alongside you. Penny uses this a, a ton to say we're here we are shoulder to shoulder. We're growing together. What's your next best step in the difference between somebody who is coachable 
It's the the skill and the will. So are you willing to continue to grow? There's so much more value in that than coming and casting judgment and, you know, I'll see you again in the spring. It's yeah. about I'm alongside you. This is the the entire time. Yeah, I do what I have to do because I've got to check some boxes for compliance and law, right? We're going to we're going to have this this observation, but that sure is not the only time I'm I'm coming alongside you and supporting you with where you are as an educator and supporting your growth and development throughout the entire year. Every and year, it, year after it, year. Yeah, it honors them, right? And isn't that what we all want? We want to be honored for the things that we're thinking about, the things we value, and the gifts that we bring to the table. So if I know what some of my strengths are, and I can name the growth areas that I really want to focus on, and you're able to be a thought partner with me on that, and how that connects, and you help me just like flesh that out, right? Like, what does that mean? And what does that mean in comparison to where the building or the district is going? And how do I do that, right? I think it just honors the person, the individual, and their process and growing. And it brings to the table more quickly than the strengths that they have, because they're recognizing, wow, this is a strength, but what what's my greatest barrier to that? And when you can help that conversation come out through that coaching model or that thought partnering model, absolutely. And then to be able to say, and I need to observe this in action in your classroom. So you tell me when to come in so I can observe what we are focused on. That's what I'm coming in to give you immediate feedback on, immediate, while I'm in the room, immediate, here's the feedback. And I'll go write that up because we might have to have something documented. But this is a continual process. And I'll write it up because we, in our next conversation, reflecting on this, will be able then to name, so what's the next step? And what's the next step? You know, and you know people who are that person who can do that, even if they don't have a thought partner, almost for themselves, right? And they constantly grow. You can't stop them no matter what you do. Isn't that what we want for every student? So isn't that what we should help every adult recognize in themselves too? Yeah, there's my frustration. Sorry. Did it sound frustrating? And I think it it, it also honors the leader's growth. You know, so in in how they're because we we learn so much through that partnership, through that collaboration, to be able to to grow each adult within the organization, and I think that that approach honors everyone, which then in turn honors every single student. It also establishes an expectation that we are about learning and growth. And it brings a sense of purpose to professional learning, to other opportunities for people to learn and to grow, because that is that is our collective expectation for what we do as professionals. So it's interesting, Grant, as you say that, I smile because when people start to recognize that culture growing inside of a building, the self-reflective process also says to some of them, I don't want that. I showed up to actually go through the checklist because I can manage a checklist. 
that work right there where I have to be self-reflective, I have to think about who I am as a human being. I have to think about growth and next steps. And I that that work right there that we three thrive on and we hope others do too, that is repelled by some people. Mm-hmm. It's not what they want. And they will start to remove themselves from those buildings that a leader is leading in that fashion. And sometimes they do it very silently because it's hard, I think, for many of us to admit we don't want that. We should want that, but I won't work that hard, right? Uh, it's hard. And so I think the other way is harder, but it's, and I, and, People start to, you know, self-select themselves away from the leaders who do that type of work. And that provides an opportunity. Um, so as you say, it, it's very, it starts to grow that culture, right? I think it absolutely does very quickly. Maybe that's one of the fastest things that grows that culture is this style of evaluation. You know, many, many years ago, you know, I, I was I spoke often about skill and will, Mm -hmm. right? And that there's a difference. There's a significant difference. You know, you can put it in the quadrants, you know, high skill, high will, high skill, low will, you know, blah, 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 blah. And and that, you know, and then, and then, you know, Simon Sinek says, you know, hire for the attitude. You hire for attitude because everything else you can teach. Yes. You know, skills can be developed. Right. If a person is willing. If a person is willing. <laughs> yeah. Right. If a person yeah. is willing. You know, and I yeah. think about, you know, I think about, you know, if I were if I were assembling a a, a group of teachers into a building, you know, ch- choosing or you know, th- the people that I would gravitate toward are the people that have will. Mm-hmm. Because Hands down. <laughs> because they those are the those are the people I want. Those are the people who are going to work hard, who are going to try, who are going to learn, who are going to sometimes stumble and fall, who are going to say, I have no idea how to do that. I'm like, oh, let me show you, right? I mean, that's so easy, right? I mean, uh, easy, ha, 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 right? Mm. But I mean, we can teach people the things they need to learn how to do. You can teach someone to analyze data. You can teach people how to use formative assessment. You can teach people how to use, you know, small group instruction and how to group people together. You can teach all of those things to someone who wants to learn how to use them. And those conversations are vastly different. So I go back to that, you know, coaching and often as the the leader you just provide the space. They do all of the thinking, reflecting. You know, I just every now and then pose a question, but they mm-hmm. they get there because they want to. And you provide the the space, the resources, the examples, you know, when it's necessary, but it's it's so fluid and natural. Very different conversation than when we go back to that rubric and say, okay, but where am, where am I? Am I what? I'm minimally effective. I mean, then the conversation's done. You know, walls are up, and the the coachable level is is gone. I have to have these conversations next week, right? I mean, I yeah. 
it's on my team meeting for today to remind everybody that because I because I have to because I'm living within uh, a, a state that requires these components. My my hope and what I'm seeing play out is this relational trust and my that those that I'm entrusted with know. Okay, we we've got to do these pieces, but they know as a partner in this work that I am alongside them. That this is yep, we'll we'll check that box, Kathy. That's totally okay. We know we have to do that because that lives inside of all of the support that I'm receiving along the way. If I were just oh, I, I came in for my thirty minutes. Now we're going to have our conversation. I'd be dreading those conversations next week, <laughs> I'd be dreading, mm-hmm. as would they. And that's not the sense that I, you know, that that we had the reality we're living in because that relational trust is there. They know that I'm I'm coming at this in a very different way, and it's definitely not through a deficit lens. If I'm going to have a, a conversation with a teacher and I have to tell them that I believe that they are, you know somehow minimally effective. I am much, I would much rather tell that to a teacher who is not reflective, chooses not to learn, rejects all, you know, all opportunities to grow, continues to do the things that they do, whether they work or not. I am really comfortable actually I'm really comfortable having that conversation with them about the fact that I believe they're minimally effective. And I'm also much more prepared to tell a very, very weak, skilled teacher that they are effective when they are doing everything they can to learn and grow. They're, 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 you know, they're responding to coaching. They're trying to learn the things that they don't know how to do. Yeah, they may be my weakest teacher in the building, but they are on a path to yeah. move forward. And I would, if, if, if labels are required, I would much rather label that teacher effective mm-hmm. and the other teacher minimally effective, even if the, you know, there's a drastic difference in in teacher skill, right? Because we've got to take back the profession. We got to take back what we're doing. And and to me, this is one of the ways that we do it. And that is to really grow and accomplishment driven leaders. It's all about the fact that they recognize the only way they get to their strategic vision is to grow people. And the only way to do that is to you know do the heavy lifting and to surround yourself with people who are willing to grow. And our current system, absolutely, in helping us do that, right? Hmm. In helping us do that. Puts a lot of barriers in the way. Yeah, absolutely. But we accomplishment-driven leaders can figure it out. Who wants the last word? Thank you. I think this conversation is inspiring. It's it re-energizes, it, it just lifts you up and says it's doable, it's possible, there's good things to focus on. And so thank you for this conversation this morning. Absolutely. I know you said last word, and Penny, I'm not I'm not trying to to rob you of that. <laughs> Take it, Kathy. I just I hope that people are are listening and thinking, oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness as accomplishment driven leaders, I 
I'm on the right path, that I'm I'm living inside of this system, whatever system that is, but I'm willing to to disrupt it and not just settle for what's required, but instead what's best for each and every one of the educators that I'm entrusted with. Well said. My friends, until next time, we'll see you next week in the wheelhouse. And that, my friends, wraps up another episode of The Wheelhouse. New episodes of Season 6 drop every Tuesday beginning November 14th and running through the end of January 2024. Throughout the holidays, we'll take a break here and there. After all, we got to go help Santa. The Wheelhouse is a production of Students Matter, LLC. Our show's theme music, Off We Go, was written and performed by Cody Martin and obtained through Soundstripe.com. If you'd like to explore this topic further and take our online series of four courses, Exploring Accomplishment-Driven Leadership, or if you have something you'd like to share or a leadership problem you'd just like to see us address, drop us a line at registrar at ourstudentsmatter.org. You can find me on Mastodon, and of course, stop by our website and check out what we offer at www.ourstudentsmatter.org. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes or Spotify, and it can also be found on our website at Captivate, https colon forward slash forward slash the dash wheelhouse dot captivate dot fm forward slash episodes. If you like our show, please leave us a review. I'd love to hear what you like. Together, our goal is to continuously enhance and utilize our arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership proving to each student and each teacher that they are both distinctive and irreplaceable is hard work. But being an educator is the noblest of all professions. Until next time, remember, we got this. We got this.